was an ambitious plan, a plan that would take China from a semi-industrialized nation to becoming the world economic nexus of the 21st century. It was coined as the Belt and Road Initiative, building physical infrastructure where each piece is a part of a massive jigsaw that will redefine global connectivity in our fast-paced modern times. The ambitious plan was to not only develop China, but also countries around the world. But then there was a crisis. A crisis of unimaginable proportions, one that will change the world and humanity like no other. That COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. You must stay at home. A city under lockdown. A new month-long lockdown. Ports grew silent, trade routes remained deserted, construction projects ground to a halt and the gates of commerce remained shut. The disruption caused by the pandemic reverberated throughout the Belt and Road Initiative. But through all this, something was brewing. A transformation, one that will propel China to new heights. We need to keep up with the trend of the fourth industrial revolution, jointly seize opportunities created by digital network and smart development, explore new technologies and new forms and models of business, foster new growth drivers, and explore new development pathways, and build the digital Silk Road and the Silk Road of innovation. From high into outer space to deep under the sea, China-built infrastructure for the digital future is taking shape. The physical structures, the roads, the railways, the ports have enabled modernized digital infrastructure connectivity. Because for every ASEAN country, the future is digital. And the biggest investor in this digital push is China. Version two of the Belt and Road is fast emerging the Digital Silk Road, a new virus-proof digital revolution weaving its intricate web of silk connecting people, countries and the region, where few can escape technology's reach. Well, unless you were here, somewhere deep in the jungles of West Java, Indonesia. We trek for hours, assaulted by the blinding heat, the intense humidity, part and parcel of the tropics of Southeast Asia. To see a tribe that time forgot, to meet the people who show us what we once were. We were told that this was not going to be an easy journey. And after more than four hours of trekking through this jungle, it's beginning to dawn on us that we're entering a completely different world. We've entered the Badua tribe territory, home to isolated Indonesians who in many ways live now as they have for thousands of years. The Baduis cling to their reclusive way of life despite the temptations of the modern world. But what comes with it is a dilemma. The Badui's take-only-what-you-need world is in a clash with our unstoppable juggernaut of modern life. 
But the outside world is creeping in, and as time, or perhaps fate, would have it, they find themselves divided. The strict inner circle remains pure, while the outer circle have relaxed some rules, adapting to the tools of the ever-advancing world. This bridge is as far as we are permitted to go. Beyond this point, the Badoois have managed to keep out modernization. Alim, the deputy tribal chief, has agreed to meet us on the outskirts of the inner Badui boundary. akan berhadapan dengan ketentuan aturan yang apa yang berbeda dengan masyarakat umum. The vast wilderness seems to press in on their enclave, emphasizing their solitude in nature's embrace. But this pristine, unbothered green canopy hides the overwhelming force of change, and Alim admits even they are vulnerable. Pastikan kalau udah teknologi masuk nanti dituntut. Misalkan masih listrik, pasti dituntut kehidupan. Kalau bicara khawatir, menurut saya tetap pasti di semua ini pasti ada rasa khawatir. Tapi terus terang itu enggak sudah susah susah menolaknya. As darkness tiptoes upon us, we make our way to a village in the outer Bedouin. A sort of buffer between the outside world and the sacredness of the inner clan. Saka invites us to stay for the night. In the darkness of their hut, lit only by fires and solar-powered lanterns, they prepare us dinner. The Badouis live on a simple diet. Tonight, it's rice, eggs, fish with sambal, a traditional chili paste. Food is placed on the floor, simply consumed with hands as our ancestors once did. A young couple in their 20s, they were both born in the outer Badoui. They seem to latch on onto bits of modernity, weaving tradition and progress into tapestry that defines life on the buffer. As dawn breaks, we get our first clear glimpse of life in the outer Badoui. They have embraced a local taboo, interpreting modernization as something that cannot be refused. Today, a burgeoning Badoui population and increasing contacts with the outside world have led to the development of a more market-based village economy, one that is dependent on cash crops and sales of handicrafts. For Saka and his wife, technology was a tool to bridge the gaps between their traditional ways and modern advancements. The smartphone became their portal to distant lands, allowing them to connect with the wider world beyond their secluded recesses. Untuk saat ini, karena seiring dengan perkembangan zaman, badai luar sudah menggunakan, sudah mengenal teknologi yang namanya teknologi. Termasuk saya juga, saya sudah 
sejak 2016 di mana pada saat itu sebetulnya saya masih benar-benar belum ada pengetahuan apapun tentang teknologi tapi sering dengan perkembangan zaman saya coba adaptasi juga dan saya juga pelajari apa itu internet apa itu sosial media juga Saka and his wife were one of the first of the outer Badui's to truly embrace technology documenting their lives and selling Badui handicrafts online they gained popularity and became a viral success Technology was harnessed to amplify their voice, sharing their unique culture with the world beyond their jungle dwellings. Yang saya rasakan untuk saat ini karena saya juga udah apa terjun di apa dunia internet juga, saya bisa membangun apa bisnis online juga. Jadi masyarakat bisa terbantu juga dengan adanya internet. Namun seiring dengan perkembangan zaman, kita juga menyesuaikan. Kita bisa apa mem, uh, lebih mengenalkan hasil karya For the young generation of the Badur tribe, turning to technology was not an act of defiance, but a gradual pivot to living in the modern world. One where, just outside these boundaries, is experiencing a meteoric rise in internet connectivity. Ironically, the Badui tribe sits in the province of Banteng, the province with the highest internet user penetration in Indonesia. The internet penetration in this country has now reached almost 80%. This means that most Indonesians are already connected to the internet for their daily needs. Indonesia's drive to spur development has taken an increasingly digital and technology-centric turn. A turn onto China's digital Silk Road. The digital Silk Road is very important to develop, especially in the Southeast Asia, and emerging countries like Indonesia need a lot of the infrastructures in terms of the digital. Many of the Chinese companies that fast aggressively before the COVID-19, we see they not only bring the investments, they not only develop kind of a new technology, they also bring the transfer of knowledge and transfer of technology. And it's because of Chinese tech companies like ZTE. Throughout the early 2000s, well before the Digital Silk Road entered the lexicon, ZTE were building telecommunications infrastructure, laying fiber optic cables, erecting data centers, and constructing and integrating mobile networks for carriers throughout Indonesia with little fanfare. But with much success, fast becoming an integral supplier of Indonesia's essential communications infrastructure and the training that will empower the workforce of the country's booming digital economy. Our mission is to improve connectivity across the, the country to accelerate the deployment of Indonesia's digital economy. In the last 10 years, we have seen Indonesia digital landscape evolved significantly, driving economic and social progress. And in the next 10 years? Well, the digital economy has now become central to the Indonesian government's plans to ultimately catapult the country into the top 10 global economies by 2030. ICT development in Indonesia is seen as the beginning of a more promising period. Digital connectivity stand as a transformative force. This reality has been underscored by its swift emergence to address the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic. 
who knew that before 2020, a pandemic would propel China's digital silk road into your homes? Enter TikTok, the hit short video app owned by Chinese internet giant ByteDance. The rise of the TikTok, the rise of the many social media, has created of a new engine and new chance for many of the young generation you interact with the sellers directly. You can ask anything and you can get reply at the same time. So the detail of the products, the entertainment, the influencer factors can create a new market for social commerce. And it's in these unassuming shop houses in North Jakarta where we can get a glimpse of what is to be the future of retail. Three, two, one, let's go. Dozens of live streaming hosts take turns peddling cosmetics, soft lenses and fashion. A host helps a customer choose a suitable color of contact lens. In another room, it's recommendations on picking the right shade of lipstick for different skin tones. It's high energy, adrenaline fuel, e-commerce. Powered by a network of agencies who manage live stream presenters and shop fronts. And it's a gold rush for entrepreneurs seeking their fortunes from a new paradigm in e-commerce. Entrepreneurs like Hank Wang. He provides a service catering to the needs and demands of the 21st century consumer landscape, facilitating connections between brands and live streaming hosts, providing the space, equipment and operational team. Okay, Indonesia already uh, doubled, tripled okay, during, the, uh, during the last two to three years. So everything is just uh, involved in a very uh, fast pace. So I think that's why I think even I began the TikTok uh, social commerce related business, we choose Indonesia as a first step. The bet paid off. Hank is optimistic about this industry, holding on to conviction that live commerce possesses the power to overhaul the entire retail industry. We, we built everything from, from zero. So from in one year, from zero to five million uh, US dollars okay, sales in one month, I think it's already a uh, a uh, quite good good start. Yeah, next year I think at least we need to expand to 100 live stream studio. I think digitalize of each of the industry is a trend. Any anyone cannot stop the trend or momentum. For Indonesia's nearly 65 million small and medium-sized businesses, the trend could open doors to new customers amid a government push towards digitalization. And for Betty, that's exactly what happened. We head to Bandung, a city of culture and history. And wherever there is culture and history, there will no doubt be delicious cuisine. You'll find yourself stopping constantly because pretty much on every street corner, there's food. And this spicy culinary dish has become one of the most well-known foods in Bandung. So this is called seblak, a specialty dish here in Bandung that's traditionally sold in restaurants and by street vendors. But Betty, with her 11 branches, is trying to change the way seblak is consumed and sold. Nah guys, ini resep seblak ya, 
saya Betty Agustina, saya pemilik seblak teh Betty. Buat kering-keringan. TikTok was perfect for someone like Betty. Charismatic, engaging, making the most of the live stream feature to get her products in front of TikTok's engaged community. Karena peluangnya sangat besar sekali, jangkauannya juga luas. Saya juga pernah ngalamin dalam satu hari viewersnya tuh tinggi sampai di atas 1 juta. Semenjak adanya online ini sangat terbantu banget ya, pertumbuhannya sekitar ya 80%. And this is just the beginning. This entire province is sitting on the edge of something big. A landmark project under China's Belt and Road Initiative, a high-speed railway that connects Jakarta and Bandung, physical connectivity that could transform this entire city and transform entire businesses. Di Jakarta itu banyak banget peminat seblak TBT, tapi kita belum punya cabang di sana. Sehingga dengan adanya kereta cepat ini memungkinkan pelanggan-pelanggan baru akan datang dari Jakarta karena aksesnya akan semakin mudah. Because in today's technology-driven world, the digital realm is intimately intertwined with hard infrastructure, seamlessly integrating all aspects of trade and business along the BRI. If you have uh, only one thing about the physical one without the digital one, perhaps it takes a longer time to develop. But if you do both, I think the benefit will be like uh, 10 to 15 years more faster. And as infrastructure links up, so does cross-border payment systems, completely revolutionizing how money moves in Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia is moving towards economic unity. Residents in Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, Vietnam and Thailand can now pay for goods and services in each other's country using local currencies. Simply put, it's a traveler's dream. The difference between the discussions in the past and where we are now is that these uh, discussions are actually delivering changes. Uh, trade is now actually moving into bilateral currencies. I think also the geopolitical situation is different now. The growing dominance of China and the Belt and Road in particular has changed the economic landscape now to how it was 10 or 20 years ago. But how does it work? Well, it starts with this. These two-dimensional images made up of a series of black and white squares have completely changed the way money moves. It's just scan and pay. China has leapfrogged the world when it comes to mobile payments. Over in Thailand, more than 90% of total transactions are expected to be paid via online channels this year. At the heart of the country's digital payments boom are Chinese mobile payment platforms. It's improved the lives of many vendors like Rachini, where this newfound convenience translates into more sales. And in a country that depends on the tourism industry, with Chinese travelers making up nearly a third of the country's overseas arrivals, catering to the needs of this key market becomes imperative. China, because of the way they are doing things about technology, I think they're spearheading a lot of things, okay, including mobile cashless payments, okay, and that has trickled down, so to speak, into the tyrant tourism industry. It's a game changer. 
also a game changer. The accelerating advancement of technology to transform the country into the digital hub of ASEAN. Thailand has long benefited from its strategic location at the heart of mainland Southeast Asia to drive its economic development. But in this digital era, cloud, 5G, AI, Internet of Things are key to the development of a digital economy which will drive Thailand's GDP. The goal for the digital economy to account for 30% of its GDP by 2027. ประชากรของไทยน่าจะมีความสุขมากขึ้นลดความเหลื่อมล้ำนะครับแล้วก็มีโอกาสทําสร้างรายได้ใหม่ๆมากขึ้นนะครับเมื่อเมื่อเราม
implementing the curriculum, setting learning plans, planning class and teaching schedules, and evaluating students' performance effectively. Schoolbrite had the perfect opportunity to penetrate the education system, but despite the increasing demand, they faced major bottlenecks. Schoolbrite needed to scale, and Huawei Cloud would become their saving grace. We provide the app that serve our users and customers, but this service must run on some cloud backbone. They were that backbone. So the cloud technologies that we have behind our service is provided by Huawei. For Huawei, the continued goal is to contribute to each country's social and economic prosperity. And education is the panacea. Together, Schoolbrite grew. This startup now supports over 500,000 students, 30,000 teachers in over 500 schools, pressing ahead with plans for an IPO by 2025. I thought Huawei is the one of the most invested in terms of education and tech for good. Working with Schoolbrite has given us, given Huawei an opportunity to see beyond just supporting talent. You can see what talent can become. And that all starts here, at the heart of developing the talent of the next generation. We wanted to see how rural, traditional Thai schools are adapting to 21st century technology. So, Ayutthaya seems to be the perfect place to start. With its shapely ruins and picturesque pagodas, this ancient city of Ayutthaya was once a mighty empire once one of the world's largest urban cities. Today, the past, present and future merge. This is one of the oldest schools in this province. Educators at this school broke up with decades of tradition when COVID-19 gave them a chance to reinvent, to reimagine what education could be. It was gradual, step by step, methodically strengthening their own identity to be a part of this modernized era. Morning roll call. Students walk through the school gates. No teachers required. One by one, students do it themselves. The parents get real-time notifications on their phone that their child has arrived at school. Payments all scan through the Schoolbrite platform. Academic progress, homework management, tuition payments, two-way communication between teachers and parents, all done digitally. But Schoolbrite was only just the beginning for them. Once teachers became familiar with technology, the role the technology played within the school also grew. In the classrooms, technology had a much bigger role to play, preparing students for a world that does not yet exist, for future jobs that have yet to appear. Because my generation will become the future workforce, I don't think that it's enough for us to be surrounded by technology. I think that we also have to understand technology. Well, the world is moving at a very fast pace, but I think that if we understand the basics, we will be able to adapt to any changes that are coming. Because for these children, the pace of innovation and the scale of disruption all around them is accelerating. Education will not only need to keep up, but become a part of the great transformation. If there is something that will help them to 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 help them to
โรงเรียนเราก็พร้อมที่จะปรับแล้วก็ลองเรียนรู้เทคโนโลยีใหม่ๆเราก็มองเห็นว่าในอนาคตเนี่ยเทคโนโลยีเนี่ยจะเข้ามาช่วยในชีวิตเราได้อีกเยอะรวมไปถึงในเรื่องการเรียนในเรื่องการพัฒนาเด็กให้เป็นบุคลากรที่ดีของชาติ What we are experiencing today is only in its infancy. The share of the digital economy is still only 7% of ASEAN's gross domestic product. Far from being a short-term growth spurt, in less than 10 years, that number is predicted to quadruple and reach 28% of the region's GDP. From the jungle's most secluded redoubts, to the rural countryside, to the burgeoning metropolis of urban cities, From communication to commerce, entertainment to education, the digital revolution has ushered in a new era of connectivity and innovation, forever changing the way we live, work and interact. No longer limited by borders, individuals connect across cultures, sharing ideas and kindling understanding, erasing barriers that once divided us. The world dances on the precipice of an exciting future. The ancient Silk Road trade routes of centuries past is getting a digital makeover as China's quest to wire the world forges ahead. <laughs>